I am Phil Baker, an electronics engineer in Tulsa, Oklahoma, operating under the pseudonym of Phil Osophy, to bring you this podcast series called Let's Be Reasonable. This particular podcast is called The Myth of Freedom and is presented in six thought-provoking episodes. The topic of discussion is an ideal that I say can never be fully realized, freedom. This is a deep examination of the topic. My credentials are few. Living in the USA for 64 years with a lifestyle better than many, worse than others. My IQ is not phenomenal and the only accreditation I can give to this work is that I gave it enough thought to organize it in a presentable manner. You are free to agree or disagree with any or all matter presented here. I'm not really here to make a point or pick sides. My hope is that you will have new thoughts about freedom since you may not have given it much consideration on a philosophical level. Freedom is an issue central to our hearts. We hear it praised on a regular basis, but have you ever really given it its due consideration? Here we will try to view it from all angles from individuals to nations, in a legal sense, or something much more personal. The general concept of freedom is that we would like to be able to behave as we ourselves deem appropriate without fear of repercussion. This is great because it empowers us to be creative or helpful or live peacefully as we see fit for our own purposes. And most of us would like to grant this freedom to others so that we can enjoy the fruits of their labors, such as their products, for example, arts, inventions, as well as the satisfaction of seeing them live peacefully, increasing the joy and happiness of the world. Freedom at its core is the absence of interference. If we were alone on the earth, seems as though we would be free. But some parts of this podcast will cast doubt on that. In a society, there are always others that won't tolerate certain actions and will seek to interfere, in some instances, with good reason. Freedom also relies on cooperation. Sure, I am free to travel to France, but to actually get there in a reasonable time period, requires the cooperation of the transportation industry and the cooperation of governments. Without cooperation, we will encounter interference. Now, if I am imprisoned, then I have the least freedom because I have the lowest degree of cooperation, actually to the point of overwhelming resistance. My freedom has been revoked. I am still free to think whatever I desire, but am I free to control my desires? There will be more on that topic later. Problems begin because there are always those that exercise their freedoms in a manner that interferes with the freedom of others or endangers their safety. The method commonly used to solve this is to make laws and regulations that prohibit those behaviors. To simply make laws is not enough. The laws must somehow be enforced to be effective.
The hypocrisy is evident. To assure freedom requires laws that limit freedom. And to enforce those laws, laws designed to protect freedom, requires very much violating the freedom of the offenders. There is no escaping this dichotomy. One approach to assuring one's freedoms is inequality. For example, I have more freedom than you do. This works on a hierarchical basis. The king has complete freedom. The earls are free so long as they cooperate and don't interfere with the king. And the barons are free so long as they abide the earls and so on down the line to the elite, the commoners, and then finally the slaves, which have the lowest level of freedom. This method of freedom division has been employed in one fashion or another quite violently throughout most of human history. The class system and the caste system are examples. Although the kings have fewer restrictions, they also have greater responsibilities. In a modern context, similar restrictions and responsibilities apply to the rich and the powerful. Given the behavior of people, freedom must be limited to assure the safety and freedom for all. Basically, complete freedom fails to apply to people in current society. It is not workable for everyone. Those that exercise more of their share of freedom are despised by the masses. These same concepts apply to peoples or states as they are. Some nation inevitably interferes with the freedom or safety of another. In order to preserve the freedom, the nations go to war or threaten sanctions. The concepts would further apply throughout the universe if in fact there were other entities with which we interacted outside the world we live in. So it is a truth that laws and law enforcement are necessary evils required to preserve freedom and safety per se. By this, I mean freedom that is exercised in a manner that does not interfere with the freedom and safety of others. And it is also a truth that international laws and wars are necessary to preserve safety and freedom, lest one nation might invade another. I find these truths to be sad, and it is epitomized by the question, why can't we all get along? How beautiful the world would be were that so, yet it simply is not. Exercising freedom requires overcoming any obstacle between where you are and where you would like to be. These obstructions vary vastly, and I will try to give an overview here. The three main obstacles are restraint, inability, and ownership. Restraints. 
If one is bound or imprisoned, then they are physically restrained. And obviously, their freedoms are limited. This can occur to various degrees. Bound and tied is the most limiting. Constrained to a cell is less so. And held captive within a compound is even less restricting. Islands have been used for prisons and many are not allowed to leave their countries. We are all restrained to a degree. We are not allowed to break into bank vaults or museums at night, not allowed into the houses of strangers. You could say that we are all prisoners of the earth. There are many virtual restraints, mainly various forms of fear. The most obvious is when you want to do something, but it is illegal. You fear a legal penalty. Often our upbringing teaches us that some actions are wrong, immoral, unethical, or a sin. And because we give some credence to our teachings, we are reluctant to perform such acts. I say that as long as it doesn't interfere with the freedom or safety of others, go for it. If there's no law against an action, then you only have your own conscience to answer to. You may argue that you must answer to God for your actions. This is only true if God is part of your conscience. You may say that in the end, we all answer to God. And in the end, we will know if that is true. Until then, it is a choice whether or not your actions are governed by religious beliefs. These psychological restraints do not directly interfere with our freedom. We are usually presented a choice, which is not anything we're interested, so we surrender our freedom instead. Often, we are conditioned by our fears, not even aware that we have capitulated. We are not free to do the impossible. Inability is an obstacle for many possible desires. You may want to exercise your freedom and become invisible, but as far as we know, it is just not possible. It may well be possible, but we do not have the knowledge to perform the necessary steps. You may not be willing to do that which is possible because the extreme difficulty and unlikeliness make it seem impossible. For example, say you wanna spend a year in a house orbiting Saturn amongst its rings. Doesn't that sound wonderful? I won't say it isn't possible, but even if you're in an advantageous position and dedicate your life to it, it is unlikely to occur in this area. I can safely say that you will not be able to do that in your lifetime. There are so many desirable circumstances that we commonly wish for ourselves, but are unable to make happen. For example, time travel, age reversal, great wealth, and world peace. If we were truly free, all of our wishes would be fulfilled. Our loved ones would not die, our children would do their homework, 
and strangers would be nice, without exception. We would choose only events that aid in our own happiness. There would be nothing that disturbs your peaceful existence, leading to boredom and laziness, then obesity and health issues. So good luck with all that. Our freedom depends on so much. It mostly depends on the actions of others and the circumstances we are in. We do have the freedom to get away from others and change our circumstances, which we might do if we believe those factors impinge on our freedoms, but doing so will also impinge on our freedoms. If we need to do this to change that, there goes our freedom. Anytime we have needs, we are not entirely free. We must meet those needs, and it simply is not a choice. Okay, it is a choice. A choice between what is doing necessary to survive and not surviving. But neither option is what we would really choose having complete freedom. Ownership. I find it difficult to discuss freedom without discussing ownership. In most societies, laws protect ownership and it is a violation to exercise freedom to have and or to hold objects that are owned by others. If you own land, you're protected from me camping on it. If you own a car, you are protected from me driving it without your permission. Permission is an agreement to relinquish the legal protections allowing utilization for a common interest. If I am your friend, then my interests may be your interests. If I am acting for your interests, then you are likely to grant me freedoms that help me perform tasks towards that end. Your legally due compensation if your property is damaged by another. Collecting on that compensation is hard in a way that nobody would choose it as opposed to the property not being damaged in the first place. True freedom would be that as opposed to collecting damages. In some places, you're free to kill those that would damage or steal your property. Again, nobody would choose that option over not having a dispute at all. This concludes episode one of the myth of freedom. The following episodes are in regard to specific details of everyday life and how they affect freedom. Episode two covers laws and equality. Episode three is about rights. Episode four covers crime. Episode five talks about employment, taxes, and ambition. Episode six covers politics. And the final episode seven is about groupism, education, and free will. I hope to see you there. Signing out.